0: Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve.
1: What's up, Stevie Stacks? What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, yourself? Oh man, freaking stressed out from trying to keep everything organized and Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com chaos going on. It's just a mess, dude.
2: Oh man, that's why you gotta switch to Hostfully, bro then you ain't got to be dependent on the big OTAs. What's Hostfully? The guidebook people? Nah, nah. Not only do they have guidebooks, they also have a property management platform system that they now use. Uh, We use Hostfully. It takes care of all of our direct bookings. It manages all of our calendars all in one place. And we can even provide discount codes to our guests that book directly on our website. And it integrates with a Boostly's website as well, which provides our websites.
1: Mm, i have a boostly i want i want to start getting some direct bookings
2: oh man that's why you got to get switched to hostfully and set up that boostly integration get your website up and it helps you with your google adwords so then you're no longer being pimp'd by airbnb
1: <laughs> i like that man we keep it real it sounds like hostfully keeps it real too yes sir hostfully ho ho hostfully hi This is Will Slickers with Hospitality.fm, and we would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and what draws you to continue to listen or to even start listening in the first place. If you could fill
2: out the survey with the link in the show notes, we would love your feedback. And now, back to the episode. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let
1: Thrive. Thrive. What's up, Micah? Man.
2: I am chilling Stevie stacks how you doing today?
1: Oh, doing good, you know. Even if I even if I wouldn't, I'd say that I was, I guess. <laughs> you know, this crazy short-term, mid-term rental world is a beat down sometimes, but enough about that. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy you for you to be back, man. And I hope your family's doing good and all that. And uh yeah. episode 236 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world. Coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas, Micah. Yes, sir. Let's go. Who are we? A great, I'll go ahead. Great show today in this episode 236 is Jesse Vasquez. Who is Jesse? Well, he's going to tell us because he didn't put a bio. He said, you make something up. But I, I hear <laughs> that he's a midterm genius. So we really need some midterm genius on this show. So welcome to the show, Jesse. Tell us all about yourself, bro.
0: What's up, man? That's a loaded question to you. I tell you about myself. That's That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot, man. There's a lot That's to unpack with that. Hell a but lot or heck a lot? I'm going to say, uh, since I'm a NorCal guy, heck a heck of a lot. <laughs> heck of a lot. NorCal. <laughs> NorCal in the house. So I'll kind of break down for you guys uh, the short version of this. So uh, I worked in healthcare, you guys, for 18 years of my life. I know I look like I'm like uh, 20, right? But if I take this hat off, there's a bunch of gray hair down there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. Uh, Although, although I do have good genetics, you guys, we got good, good facial genetics. Um, (laughs) So i worked in healthcare for 18 years, you guys, and I found out about travel medical professionals back in 2015, actually way earlier than that. But I decided to buy my first rental property in 2015, in the Central Valley, because I talked to a clinician. And this is a good story. If you guys want me to tell it, I will, maybe you guys have some other questions. But there was this gal I'm saying gal like I'm in the Midwest right now. I apologize for <laughs> being listening right now. This gal, uh, her name was Barbara. She was actually on the hospital floor, fourth floor three in hospital, which is a, in uh, Doctor's Medical Center. It's a telemetry floor, and I remember going up to her, and she had this beautiful accent. She said things like "Don't you know?" and "Hey mm-hmm. doll," she's such a doll. <laughs> And I'm, I'm in California, we were just talking about this, everybody listening and watching this right now that everybody in California says, dude, bro, man, if you, if you see me, you could probably get that, get that distinction, bro, bro, dude. <laughs> uh, so she I had, I'm, I'm always drawn to accents. I, I really love them a lot. So I was like, what, what are you doing here? And she's like, yeah, I'm a travel nurse. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And she told me she was from Fargo. So if you guys know, i watch the show Fargo or the oh, movie, yeah. everybody has that like, oh, don't you know, and doll, no, like this, don't you know, eh? Yeah. So oh, that crap. all the time. And uh, I was like, where are you staying, Barb? And she said that they were staying uh, at a place called Motel 6, which you might have heard of, on a road called 9th Street, which is like literally the worst road that you can ever stay at. And this basically this hotel, you guys, is like a prostitute filled drug haven. And there was a clinical nurse literally sleeping during the day while all this crazy crap is happening in that property. Mm. And then I asked her, this is where the crazy part comes in. I was like, how much are you paying for like, what is what does rent go for there a month? Just, just a random guess, Micah. Go ahead, man.
2: going for at Motel Six. Yep. North Cal. North Cal. A month. Yep.
0: Five thousand. Thirty-three hundred bucks. Woo! And I'm like, holy smokes! In 2015, you guys, I could buy my own property. I'd have a mortgage of 15 grand. I'd be all in it for 2K, and I'd be able to cash flow right around what 12, 13 hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So, my brain was like, holy smokes! There's such an opportunity. So, just so you guys know and give you context my job back then was to go into these hospitals get patients that were discharging from the hospital so mike if you fell and broke your hip god forbid that happens by the way and my job was to go in and be buddies with steve and steve is a case manager and steve's going to say hey jess i have uh, micah going home he needs he broke his hip he needs uh, therapy so i had to like become friends with these case managers in hospitals and um i was at all these hospitals becoming you know buddies trying to trying to do the sales thing with everybody So I saw this need as such a big need in the Central Valley. And I just capitalized on it, man. I just really went all in. I went into the HR departments of these hospitals. And this is something everybody could do right now. You can literally just walk into a hospital, knock on the HR department door, and literally just say, hey, I am a housing specialist. I want to work with agencies here. And I got my first contract with the hospital where they were paying me $5,000 a month to have doctors, clinicians um, staying at the the property. So this is 2015, you guys. Whoa.
1: yeah. You became so, the guy just by knocking on the door. You became the guy. I became the
2: guy. Yep. Oh shit. I, I love that. Cause you, you had the end man and you already knew how to use it to capitalize. I love that. So you just knocked on the door, explained them who you are and went, went, went at it.
0: Yep. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is that I started doing more research after I got that first contract. So I went, and this is something that everybody else listening or watching this right now could do. You can call your local colleges and just see who's like, how many graduates they have. So in my market, there's about 400,000 people. There's one college that has that has 30 RNs that graduate a year. And that college, Stan State University, by the way, told me that only about 25% of those students will actually stay in the Central Valley after they leave. So we already have a huge shortage here. So now I knew that at that point, they're like, holy crap, these, these, cl- these clinical folks are graduating and they're freaking bouncing out to somewhere cool. It's not like Modesto. You know what I mean? So that's just gave me more insight, knowing the hospitals that were already depleted with travel medical professionals. We didn't have enough staff to meet the patients for demand. Um, And then we all saw this kind of go crazy in 2020 with COVID, right? We realized as a nation that the United States does not have enough clinicians to meet the demand for patients. In fact, today I was actually just reading an article about New York. I don't know if you guys read about New York. There's a crazy, there's a crazy strike going on. They just, they just got it together, but there's not enough clinicians to meet the amount of patients. This is not just like a a post pandemic story. This has been way before Um, you know, this in general, and Forbes actually just had another article, uh, probably about a month ago, where one in five clinicians is expecting to leave the workforce by 2024. So that demand for travel medical professionals is only going to increase. There's more baby boomers, right? There's more people are, they're becoming more, they're old, they're becoming older. So guess what we need more of? Healthcare, healthcare workers, clinicians, doctors, you know, uh, nurses, all that stuff. So this demand isn't going anywhere. Um, In fact, I think it's going to get worse. Um, And I'm going to give you guys all everybody listening to this right now. There's five states that are severely underserved by travel medical professionals. So get your pins out if you guys are investing in any of these states, California, New York, Illinois, Texas, and North Carolina. Oh, and Florida. Sorry. So all those states are not going to be to pre-pandemic levels, which means they're not going to have enough clinicians until 2030. And this is by the National Registry of Travel Medical Associates. You can go to the SIA for reference on this too. It's an agency that tracks all the travel medical professionals. So those five states alone, so much opportunity. And it's just, it's everywhere. You just got to pay attention to it. Like, you know, once you focus on one thing, you can kind of see things happening. And for me, that was just, that was the niche. The niche, niche, whatever you guys want to say. I hate that word, by the way. You guys, <laughs> like,
2: where did that even come from? Who decided to niche. make the
0: word niche? Like, what niche? is that? <laughs> hey,
2: so, with you catering to traveling professionals, especially like traveling nurses, because you know here in Texas they don't tra- pay traveling nurses that much. So, the places that people have, they usually, they usually can't cater to them because they don't cover the rent and mortgage. Are you renting places out by room in order to? fill you know to fill that need
0: no here's the beautiful part you ready micah let's do i have a place in houston texas and i rents for six thousand dollars a month my mortgage there is seventeen hundred dollars and you got to rent to the agencies and this is where it becomes this is where it becomes way more of a business than most people get into real estate or they want to they think they're just going to jump into something and they're going to get paid all this money right away it doesn't work like that. Like this is an actual legitimate business. Like you have to think about business when you get into this. So for me, I build relationships with the people at these agencies and they're the ones that are paying for quality housing, making sure that I have the amenities that these travel nurses want and these doctors want. And my houses aren't like very, they're not cookie cutter homes. They're not like, you know, like a basic Betty house or like what you typically would see on Furnish Finder. It looks like somebody was a hand-me-down property that somebody passed away, a grandma, a grandpa, and they decided to throw it on, on, on a Furnish Finder. You can't have that anymore. Um, I think that the way that this market is going, the more regulations that are happening in the States, um, there's only 3% of the U S is regulated by short-term rentals. For those of you don't know. And I was just reading a study recently and I was talking to Brian Payne, the CEO of Furnish Finder about this. There is, they're expecting to have three X that type of um, those restrictions. Municipalities are going to, are you're going to hammer down. So what we have now is going to literally three X this year, and it's going to continue to get worse. So guess what's going to happen with short-term rental operators they're going to get in the midterm rental space because it pays a little bit more and you don't have to deal with, you know, you're not going to be able to get that long-term rent. So what I'm trying to tell everybody right now is that the same approach that I had knocking on that door of the HR department, you want to get build a business by creating relationships with these agencies. They're going to pay you more. Most clinicians, you guys get paid per diem stipend pay. And uh, Steve or Micah, if you and I both got five grand a month, we would want to get in as cheap as possible because that's tax-free. And I would want to live, you know, somewhere for 1500 bucks a month. Cool. One bedroom, that's all I need. That's how most clinicians operate. But now if you go after the agencies, they don't look at it in that way. They look again about what I talked about earlier, affordable housing. If you have more than five units in one market, they will look at you as a preferred provider. um, And they don't mind paying two, three X, what long-term rate rents are to be able to have a quality person that they can go to specifically for these healthcare professionals. Not everybody gets stipend pay, by the way, they can opt for stipend. Sorry. How, How do we hook up with these agencies? Yep. Well, there's two things you could do right now. Um, I would say the first one and the easiest one, let's do a live demo right now with you guys on this call. Okay. So Micah, Steve, whatever you guys go to indeed.com. Let's, let's do this right now. Go head over to indeed.com. Ain't got to tell me twice. All right. Micah's <laughs> doing it. All
2: right. All right. Indeed.com. Oh, hold on. Very
0: All right. get, in, get in there. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. on. Let's go. All right, cool. So then you're going to type in travel registered nurse. And then type in Dallas Fort Worth, wherever you're at, so you, wherever neighbors. you're at, type that in there too. Dallas and now what? Yep. Search right. jobs. Cool. Yep. Search jobs. The second that you click on that, scroll down to the bottom and see how many pages you have.
2: Um,
0: For Dallas. Five plus. We have. Five, plus. five, five plus. plus. Okay. Each one of those companies is hiring is somebody that you can reach out to. There's also recruiters that are on there. There's also uh, specific people that you talk to that are difficult to find. That's exactly how you build a business and your network by literally doing things. This is for free guys. Like we don't got to pay anywhere to do this. It's just going to take the sweat equity for you to put in the consistency and the time and the energy to actually build a business. And this is what this business is about. You have to be consistent. So I just gave you right now, Mike Steve and everybody listening to this, literally a very simple blueprint on how to go after and connect with an agency. That's mm. literally it. A- literally nice
1: nice nice i love that
2: now now okay what's your pitch to these agencies after you get them on the phone to say hey this is who i am how are you what's that pitch like
0: got it okay cool yeah it's different different pitches but i'll give you my my first one so micah go ahead you're the you're the guy on the phone right you'd make the phone sound go ahead i'm calling you right now ring ring all right cool hey how you doing hi i'm good yourself Good. I'm good. Hey, my name is Jesse Vasquez. I just want to know if you had a couple minutes because I wanted to talk to you about housing for travel medical professionals. Is it, do you have a few minutes? Yeah, you caught me at a good time, Jesse. Perfect. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to talk to you about multiple different properties that I have that are in the market right now. I have talked to several travel medical professionals and I do see that there's a hiring strike right down the road. And I'm pretty sure you're hiring in the Dallas-Fort Worth area right now. Am I correct on this? Oh, yes, we definitely are. Gosh, you actually got your information from Indeed.com. I did see that you're the specific person that is hiring um, so I just wanted to talk to you. I actually have five properties that are in the market right now. And I work with multiple different hospitals. And I would start naming right now, Micah, every hospital that's in that market, like if it's St. Agnes or whatever. So I'd name drop these hospitals so these clinicians or these recruiters have like instant credibility. They get to think of those hospitals because they work on them, they work with them on a regular basis. And I basically just say, Hey, I'm a housing solutions provider. I don't just do this for fun. This is actually my business. Here's my you know, my EIN number. And here's my website where you can actually go look at all the properties that I have where I serve clinicians. I've been able to build a business working with AMN Healthcare, Doctors Medical Center, all these large agencies. And essentially, I want to be a service provider for you. So if you can tell me some of the issues that you're running into that I could potentially help you with in the long run. So a lot of times these clinicians or these recruiters will say stuff like, yeah, you know, I'm actually having a hard time finding uh, housing or we're having a hard time finding affordable housing or... A lot of our clinicians are staying in properties that just suck and they're not comfortable and they end up actually uh, exiting out of that lease within the first 15 days of being there. And that's where I'm like, okay, cool. Here's my list of referrals that I've got in the past. Here's people you can actually reach out to. Here's an email address list. And if I can maybe jump on another Zoom call with you, uh, let's just say tomorrow, is that something you're able, willing to do? I can go a little bit more in detail with you. And this is the great part right here, Micah. I'll get on the Zoom call with them. I'll ask them to get their entire office in. I will, you guys heard of DoorDash, right? You guys know what DoorDash is?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'll order every single person there, their favorite Starbucks drink. I'll write down their names. I'll get their email addresses. I'll get their direct line phone numbers. So now not only am I serving them lunch or coffee while I'm having a five minute meeting with them, the entire office, but I'm also pitching them exactly what I'm doing. And guess what? They're never going to forget about me because no other person is thinking about sending somebody Starbucks and getting an office information, getting their email address. So now I not only got in contact with one person, I got that entire office to listen to me in a zoom call because I got them food. And that's most thing that most people are not going to do. And this is where building a business actually legitimately comes to real life. And again, going back to real estate mindset, like people just like I get a door and this is it. Yeah, that's cool. You can do that. But the future of real estate is, it's actually too freaking easy to get real estate in a lot of ways. We've been doing the same shit for the last, hundred years with real estate. And I feel that this is the future of how people are going to grow their businesses, how they're going to build their real estate empires is by connecting with companies like this. This is what the future I think of real estate truly, really will become.
2: And you just dropped some bars, man. And I don't know if people caught on, but that was some bars you dropped. And I love how you said, you got to turn it into a business and you have to present yourself as a business. I love that entire role play we just did because that's what a lot of people lack. I think a lot of people have grown dependent upon the platform, such as the Airbnbs, that they don't know how to start a business and present themselves because that elevator pitch you just did was Next level off the chain. I love that. Are you send to Starbucks? <laughs> I actually I send my uh, the people that I do arbitrage with. I send them Tiff treats every now and then. So yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be sending it to some agencies.
0: So, now, are, are you are you properties on Airbnb as well? Yeah. So I have properties. Yeah. Well, we can jump into the Airbnb stuff in a minute. But yeah, I have Airbnb properties too. But I would say right now I'm 70% midterm all the time with literally no vacancy, and the other 30% are properties that are super freaking unique like a tree house or, um, you know, we have properties that are like beach themed or, you know, like at places in Santa Cruz that are really nice. But for me, the midterm stuff is dude, I'm, I'm five X'ing long-term rent with like insurance companies. Um, you know, we're three X'ing with the healthcare side. So like for me, um, I'm not the thing about Airbnb is in all these platforms, we're reliant on them to provide us with guests. And that's where this algorithm. We were just talking about this a minute ago, right, Micah? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Steve, we were talking about this, where Airbnb can be doing these great things for us, where they're providing us the the, the platform. But at the end of the day, we're basically like, essentially, um, we're we're employees of Brian Chesky and fucking whoever. Sorry, excuse my language. I can't. Uh-huh. Like, uh, <laughs> um, we're we're literally they're like employees, right? At the end of the day we don't have our own book of business, but guess what I could do with my own business? Like I actually have a legitimate business that say, and this is where my brain goes. And I want you guys to think about this. You, you saw how Airbnb just rolled out that they have, um, they're allowing like uh great star, these big, these big REIT companies are allowing, hmm. they're, they're actually allowing midterm rentals. They don't say that on Airbnb. They only allow you 30 days at a time. And it's like very structured. The only amount of time. I don't know if you guys dug into this and actually looked at it. So you can only rent out, I'm just giving you an example in Los Angeles. Graystar is allowing you to rent out. Um, it's 120 days a year. You have to live in the property and it's only for 30 days or more at a time. Mm-hmm. So just so everybody knows right now, smart institutional money has been doing this for probably the last two years since the pandemic. They've actually been leasing out a majority of their buildings or a quarter of their buildings to midterm rentals, as midterm rentals. And my goal is to eventually build a portfolio big enough where I have all these, you know, Doors that are tangible. We can actually see them, walk into them, touch them, feel them, all that stuff, right? That's one part of my sale. But then the other part is my actual book of business that I can set, that I can truly sell to somebody. So my net operating expenses, my net operating income is 3X, 4X, 5X. So if I bought this property or these, I'm just giving you guys an example. 10 doors, it's a million dollars. Gray Star comes in. We want to buy your stuff for you. Here's a million dollars. Oh, and I have contracts already put together. So now that's another 3 million on top of that, because these are going to, these are long-standing contracts that I'm always going to get paid for. So I want people to really think about, yeah, you have a, a, a brick and mortar building, but the business itself is what operates. And that's the grease and the oil and the gas that puts everything together with these, build, with these actual businesses. So, dude, I'm, I'm thinking big. I'm thinking in a different way. I'm thinking like smart money does and institutional money has been doing this for a while. In fact, have you guys ever heard of the dark company? The Anybody dark company? Yeah, you know who the Dart family is? Uh, the the no. No, Light Rail? Dart Rail? I don't, no. Oh, it's not them. I don't know them. The Dart family, actually, they're the ones that created the Styrofoam Cup, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the Dart family, guess what they just purchased? Styrofoam oh, Cup people.
1: The real estate, tons of it.
0: Yeah, they literally spend a billion dollars on real estate to do what? Just guess. Midterm rentals. Yep, midterm and short term. Yeah. <laughs> So when you start seeing companies like this, like, see, we're, we're losing money in the stock market, real estate's going up, you'll start seeing these investment capitalists, these Wall Street guys doing things like this. And if you guys look into this research, you do a little bit of research on it, you'll find smart money, hedge funds that are actually already doing this. So this is kind of like moving the needle before anybody sees it. And I think right now is such, such an important time. Imagine imagine how big Airbnb is now, right? Imagine knowing how big it's going to be in 2007 when it first started, dude sleeping on a couch, mm. right? Right. It's so like, I feel like right now I'm going to go to baseball terms. I feel like we're like in the fifth inning of Airbnb, right? Like the, where we just rolled out of the fourth inning. We're now in the fifth inning where experiential stays, you know, tree houses, all those things are in front, but midterm rentals, if we're talking about baseball terms, like literally guys, the umpires aren't even out on mm. the field yet. The grounds crew is out chalking the field. Mm. You know what I mean? They're out, they're out taking care of the, the grounds. That's how early our on we are in this game. So Anybody, if, if it even got half as big as Airbnb, that's such a massive industry.
1: And, and I feel you on that. And I've been telling people, I was like, so, you know, we're on Furnish Finder. We're on um, OWL Network. We're on different places, you know. And I've been reaching out to THD, all, all these different companies that do that, you know, house people, um, you know, insurance claims or, or nurses or midterm, any, you know, midterm rental people. Um, uh, and I'm like, it's there's so many of these little companies everywhere, dude. There's I, I can't reach out to all these these people, right? And it's yeah. like it's such a such a fragmented industry. And you're right, it's it's ripe for uh, you know, someone to come along and put it all together and make a, you know billions of dollars off of it.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Man, there's just so much opportunity right now. And again, it's 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 a lot more heavy upfront work that you got to do. You got to be consistent, you got to put emails together, you got to get tickler files, you got to think about it like a business. And most investors are not going to do that. They're, they're just, they don't have that mindset. They don't have that opportunity. They don't have that, um, that grit that comes along with it. It's just like, hey, I'm going to buy these doors for cheap. We're going to put them, we're going to make a couple hundred dollars on them. And that's it. You know what I mean? But there's just so many other ways.
2: I love that you've turned your business into a B2B because I think that's where a lot of people miss. We stay under the B2C, you know, that business to consumer. Now, right now, you said you're getting in touch with insurance clientele. Is that this, Is that a similar process as your nurses? Um, because I'll tell you, my I have on the first of the month, I could be doing this wrong. I mean, tell me, show me how you do it. My VAs on the first of the month, they reach out to all the insurance clients and just upload our properties, right? Hey, this is who we are. This is our properties. Do I need to be picking up the phone and having them picking up the phone and doing that? Yeah. Everything we do in life, you guys, goes back to
0: sales. The second you're born as a child, you're crying for something. You're selling your mom that you want to, you know, milk, right? (laughs) Like literally everything we're doing, whether you're going to go, you're going to, you're trying to decide if you're going to go to dinner with your wife, you got to sell your wife on what place you want to go eat at, right? Everything goes back, everything we do in life, goes back around sales if you think about it in like that kind of terms so yeah dude you got to pick up the phone micah you got to like everything that i just talked about with the healthcare sector you got to have that same mindset you got to have those meetings with those people you got to have those adjust those those relocation specialists on the call with zoom we're getting all their you know their orders together we're getting emailed. i can't tell you guys how important right now emails are like it's it's literally that's the new currency you get a stack of emails of these specific people that are able to help you that's how you build your business it's more it's worth more than a dollar. It's worth more than putting money together. And relationships, I feel, are the new currency as well. It's better to have relationships with people than to make, you know, a big fat chunk of money right now. I'd rather have a long-term relationship with somebody that's going to pay me substantially over time than to make five or ten grand right now over one over a month. You know what I mean? And I think people lose track of that a lot of the times. Now, do you do you have
1: VAs working for you reaching out to people all the time or how how do you do it?
0: Yeah, I, the biggest, this is the thing that I taught. So I have a course, by the way, um, where I teach people how to do this. I think it's best for somebody to actually truly learn how to do this themselves. And then they teach the VAs because a lot of times VAs aren't going to know the nuances, especially if it's somebody overseas or whatnot, they're not going to specifically know how to do that. And and I'm a big believer in teach and then do. That's -hmm. what I did in healthcare industry. Like I was actually a a manager mentor to a lot of people. So this stuff kind of came natural to me. But for me, it's like, learn how to do it yourself then you teach your VAs as you're doing the process yourself. And you can't expect somebody to, uh, you know, you can't expect a VA to be involved in your business the way that you are. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times as individuals, as business owners, we think like, we want these people to care about our business. Like at the end of the day, they're just employees. They don't, they're never going to care about your business like you do. So you get the ball rolling, you understand it, you pick it up, and then you transfer those skills to other people. And I think sometimes people think about it in like I want my VA to take your course. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But you should learn it first. Mm. Once you learn it, then you give it to, then you, then you pass it off. You got to do the work first.
1: You, you know, it's so true because, you know, I spoke to a buddy of ours, right. And, and I I brought up the owl network earlier, you know, and they post, you know, Hey, so-and-so needs a three month stay here, three months stay here. And I'm like, I asked him, Hey, Hey, do you have any success in that owl network? You know? And he's like, uh, no, zero, zero percentage wins. I haven't got a win yet. You know, he goes, so what are you doing? And he's like, he's my VAs are hitting them up all the time, sending them this boom, boom, boom center. You know, it's just computer. And I was like, I said, well, same thing with me. I was getting zero success just sending out, you know, hey, we got a place here. This is the price, blah, blah blah. I said, but then I just started. It said the the tell they tell you exactly who the company is and who the the person is that's looking for the place, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I started picking up the phone and calling, you know, THD or or Smallwood or whatever the, those companies. And I got a hold of that lady, and then oh yeah yeah, let me what do you have, you know blah, blah blah. And I and I formed a conversation with her, and 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 I and I landed bookings, and I was like. Okay, it's a cheat code, but i i wouldn't I wouldn't let my v a do it not yet, not unless I used to train them because you know you get a phone call from someone from like you said a, a different country overseas with a broken accent they're probably not gonna take them serious, but someone you know from here and that's gonna you know, knows what to say and how to say it and speak to the person and, and you know and and they trust you, okay, we'll put our client there in your house, and that's the only way it has success, no other way,
0: yeah, yeah, I totally agree, not only that, but not everybody is a sales oriented person i think it's That's one thing true. to have somebody on the phone that can like follow a script but how how many times have you guys got a call from a debt collector, I'm a debt collector. <laughs> i mean i've got those calls before you guys back in the day um or somebody just calls a random person they're just reading a script like you can mm-hmm. you can hear it right i just mm-hmm. sound like i'm in debt now you guys I, I basically basically said that there's debt collectors calling me but um <laughs> you know what good, I mean? debt. Like good debt good debt <laughs> yeah good debt. i didn't miss any payments so i got a good good credit score you guys Um, But you can hear it when somebody's not like authentic, when they're not like thinking ahead, when they're not like actually structuring their calls in a way that's like, okay, how am I going to bring value to a person? Anybody that we've watched be successful in our era has solved problems. Look at Elon Musk, look at Jeff Bezos, look at these guys. They all solve a million problems, which is why they're freaking crazy rich. And if you have that same mindset going into, okay, hey, recruiter, what are three things you're running into right now? Like, how can I help you make your job easier. Like That's essentially what we want to do as as business owners. We want to make Steve's job easier. We want to make Micah's job easier. However, I can make your job easier. You're going to use me every single freaking time because you know that I'm going to take care of stuff. You're not going to have to double check on me. You're not going to have to follow up on stuff. I will have everything mapped up, put it in a nice, beautiful envelope, and it's already sealed, signed, and delivered. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think that's where we figure that's how you grow your business is you create and solve problems. And you find problems that people don't even know they have. A lot of times they're all out there around there. And um, again, it just goes back to like, and a VA is not going to think like that, you guys, like that's you, it's the mindset of your own business. And then eventually you teach them once you get things going. Um, and I think I have, a v- I have a couple of VAs that are from the Philippines and I don't mind them being on calls, but they already have that sales mind already. Their goal is like, how do I find problems? How do I fix it? Um, and the, the you know the, the barrier when it comes to English and stuff like that, I don't think that's really necessarily bad. But I think that if they don't have that sales mentality, they don't have that sales algorithm in their head, they don't have that sales kind of um, script and how to think outside the box, that's when you run into problems. And you only get one shot sometimes, you guys. You might only have one shot with the relocation specialist. And if you give that to your VA that has no experience on how to make these calls, guess what? You're losing your business on that end.
2: I love it, man. You can't outsource everything. Some things you got to train or train it up in-house. Now, you said something earlier. um, You were talking about, you know, the algorithm and things of that nature. And you said you could talk about that for hours. That's me too. So I want to, I want to, because you sound like you can nerd out about some stuff like (laughs) I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think short-term rental success is now moving into the vacation rental markets and unique stays and metro markets are going to have to move into the midterm space?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge push. So there's two different things that are happening right now we have the push with the algorithm where the unique experiences are going to be. So this is like Airbnb 5.0, right? Like it's changed. It's, it's like, we've watched over the years since 2015, it's become something new, like every year and a half, every two years. Right. We're in the, we're in the time now last year was like, you got to become a professional operator. If you're operating your business, you got to think like a professional. And now we're in the space, like you got to have a unique property, something different, something that stands out. That's not what typical places are. And you can't have that necessarily in an urban market downtown, you know, New York or something like that. So you got to do things that are a little bit different. You got to create an experience. I mean, you got to do, you got to think about, and this is something that I've been thinking about, and I guess I'll talk about it online now. Um, you guys know who uh, the owner of Marriott is? Um, are you familiar with that guy?
2: Um, I'm, I'm familiar with Marriott Homes and Villas, but not the owner. Okay,
0: got you. So the owner, his brain back in the day, in the 1970s, when he first put this company together, the way that they got super successful is they had a guy, he opened a, a Marriott in um, Europe. And there was this business traveler that was flying from New York to Europe, like on a regular basis. And the owner saw him there and he would ask him like, Hey, what's like, what is something that we're missing here? And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of used to my own. I, I really miss my own things. And he's like, Oh, what are you doing? What do, what's your, what do you do every morning? Like all of us right now, I guarantee you, we all have routines in the morning, but that's getting up, reading the newspaper and whatnot, which leads me into this, that New York traveler. This is in the seventies. What he loved to do was have a specific coffee that he had from New York and reading the New York times. And guess what the Marriott, the Marriott owner did. He ordered those things. Yep. And guess what? They were the same day of whatever he was like, he was actually getting stuff shipped to him. That dude's favorite coffee. He got that favorite coffee. So like, that's how you have to think right now as an operator, like almost, you want to have a questionnaire of like, Hey, what's your favorite music? What's your favorite uh, beer? What's your favorite wine? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite newspaper to read? So imagine Steve, you walk into my house right now. You just took my questionnaire. You're showing up to my house two late, two years later. Now you walk into my door, we have smart technology. Guess what's playing? Your favorite Beatles album in the background, your favorite beers in the fridge. Like that's where our heads need to be right now in this space is like, how do we curate something specifically to an individual that's coming when nobody else is going to be thinking like that? But in fact, Marriott's been doing that since the seventies, just on a different level. We live in a technology age, era, a time frame, right? We can, I can do that with Google home. I can play a song right now in, in all my properties, like literally. So imagine having VAs that are like, okay, cool you know, Steve's favorite album is the white album by the Beatles, his favorite, you know, whatever is there. And we curate that stuff specifically to these people. every time they come in, I think that's where the, where this space is going. Like, I really feel that that's where you need to have a unique experience a unique property. Um, not only that, but Micah, Airbnb is driving prices down too, right? They just changed this algorithm where cool, you got these unique spaces and we're charging more, but guess what? Everybody that has a very standard, very basic home, we're driving the revenue down on all of those because they're they're using that right as a part of their algorithm. Mm-hmm. So we're in this weird kind of like space where if you don't up your game and be better, not only on the design side, but also on the experience side, you're not going to be around in three to five years. Like you're just not um, the days of four walls, uh, you know, a TV and a window like and kill are done and over with like we're in a totally different time right now.
2: I um, agree. I agree.
1: So so what are your, what are some of your tips, like um, how to how to design your places and set up your places that will attract midterm stays or travel nurses?
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that I think is most important is that Airbnbs have always had that sexy appeal to them, right? They're like, you open the door and you're just like, holy crap, this place is awesome. I think you need to bring some of that in the midterm rental space, especially if you're going to be serving families that have been displaced to fire, flood or something like that. Imagine losing your property and then you go and you're not going to want to stay in some really regular basic home. And that's where we're making, we're making a pretty decent amount of money right now is on the insurance side is that these families are looking at three to five different homes. So imagine walking into four regular homes and all of a sudden you walk into mine, you know, I have a pool, everything's designed, by, uh, designed extremely well, it's comfy, it's livable, and it feels like you're kind of on vacation after you lost the property. I think as long as you start thinking about the guests and not yourself, and you start putting yourself with empathy and you have that idea of mindset that these people just lost everything, how can I make their lives easier? How can I make their lives better? Again, going back to solving problems, you're going to have a place that's going to be conducive to them coming into it. And I think that that's something that all operators now need to really think about. We're in hospitality. It's not about us. It is not about us at all. In fact, it's the opposite. So I think people got it wrong in that end, especially from 2020 to 2022. You know, people were killing in in Airbnb. And now um, I've watched my properties slow down a lot, but thankfully I have midterm rentals. I can midterm if them I need to, you know? Mm.
1: Yeah. So, so I don't get to the nitty gritty. Like what kind of king beds? I assume you put big ass king
0: beds in your places. Yeah. So I put like a king bed, um, but it'll be designed extremely well. Um, Like we'll put a room together that just, it it feels like, like uh, tell me if you guys do this and I'm not creepy when I say this. Okay. So I want everybody listening right now to realize this. So we got ring doorbell cameras. You guys probably have those too. Uh, My favorite thing is to listen to somebody open the door for the first time. And they're just like, oh, my fucking God, I'm so glad. Like, this place is amazing. Aha. That's how you know you're winning in the Airbnb space. And if you don't have that and you don't get to hear that and listen, I got goosebumps right now. Look at this, you guys. Can you see that? Because I care about that. Like, I literally care about people having memories in, my, in their in properties. I lost my dad in 2017. The best memories I've ever had in my life with my parents were in Airbnbs. So, like, my goal is to make sure, and I get a little emotional. Sorry, guys. I'm going to get emotional about Dude, this. Sorry, bro. My goal right now is to have people that come into my properties and they're going to have experiences and they're going to remember their family. And I think if you have that mindset going into this, you're going to have a successful business as long as you put them first. You know what I mean? So that's for me, my why, like I want people to have experiences, to enjoy their families and to remember that. Cause that's all we have in this world, right? Is love and memories. And if you don't have those two things, then, you know, it's a pretty empty life. So for me, that's a big, uh, a big thing.
2: I love that. Why man? I love that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, that opening
1: the door and everything's just freaking beautiful, man. That's there's something to it. I mean, like, because you know, conversely, you I've opened doors before at Airbnb. It's like, oh, <laughs> God, what did I do? We're gonna be here for a week. Holy yeah. crap! <laughs> you know, yeah, man, yeah. So <laughs> and think... and, and it is so crazy because some of these. Okay, I'll, I'll even talk about like a beachfront freaking place with 1980s furniture in it. I'm like, what? All you have to do is put a little effort, and you could charge double for this place. You
0: know what I'm saying? I mean, just ah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think at the end of the day, people just don't care about it like that. I mean, I think there's very select people that do. And those people are going to be around the next five to 10 years. And everybody else Mm -hmm. is just, they're going to phase out. They're not going to be around. The cookie cutter places are going to be hard to book. Um, That's just, that's just the reality of it. It's not going to be easy anymore. And people are seeing that now. It's not, it's not what it was in 2020. It's not what it was in 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not what it was in 2022. So things are changing. And I think for the better you know even though it's it, i think that this is a, a, going to be a regular playing field for people to go in there and create something that's a little bit different you can't you know just put up a basic house anymore and you weren't expected to do well like it's just we're just not in that time frame anymore and rightfully right so you you mentioned
1: you mentioned pools so your houses all have pools or most of them
0: no i have uh, i have two properties that have pools in them and one of them's in texas uh and you guys know how freaking hot it gets out there oh you need um, one so yeah, you like, like you want to have a pool out in Texas and then yeah. another property that I have in the central Valley has a pool. And those are just draws. Those are amenities that people love to have. People are looking, you can search on Airbnb now like pools, right? If they're coming for family during summer, it's hot. And when it's hot and it's cool to kick back when you're on vacation, or even if you're going to be working for a few days somewhere and you got somewhere to kind of chill out at night, and maybe jump in the pool. Those are just extra add-ons. I mean, you don't necessarily need those things I think, but they are amenities that can be really helpful.
1: Now check this out. Excuse me for bouncing around. But okay. What what gets the better, the best, the better return? A foosball table, a pool table,
0: or a ping pong table? I think they're gonna be all pretty damn close to the same thing. Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. I don't have any of those at any of my properties, by the way. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind then.
0: I feel like those are like when people don't know what to put in their place, we're just like, put a ping pong table in there. (laughs) Like you know what I mean?
1: Well, think, it, it,
0: this came up with me
1: and my, my, my partner in my business, yeah. you know, Federico was like, dude, I can get a ping pong table on on uh Facebook marketplace for like nothing, like cheap. Yeah. I'm like, you sure you want to put that in our place? Cause I, I told him about it, beer pong. He, you know, he's like, Don't do it, man. He's from Argentina, <laughs> so I don't think he knows about beer pong. I was like, no, dude, I don't know, man. Are you gonna get beer all over the hardwood floors? And shit?
0: <laughs> See, like I would rather have like I'd rather pick up some like 1980s vintage pinball machines and throw those two things in there then put a foosball in there that's what i mean like this is like what a what a normal person would typically do it's like what do we need to put in this room a pool table and like yeah dude that was cool like in 2015 like now you got to be a little bit different you got to think about what about the big jenga boxes like have a room that's specifically for that like there's there's different things to do but the foosball tables and all that stuff like i feel that's like i feel like that stuff's kind of like i mean i don't know i just i don't do that but some people okay. do. I mean, it works. Some in some places, I suppose.
1: As we bounce around and circle back, you mentioned you mentioned something earlier. I never heard of. Maybe Michael's heard of it. The tickler files. What is a tickler mm-hmm.
0: file? Yeah, that's just an old school way of like it's it's basically how to follow up with people. It's like an email campaign. So like if I um do this is me dating myself by saying that by the way so it <laughs> sounded shit. like and a porno that's why I just <laughs> every- put the tickler files tickler on. file like everybody like knows this guy was i was born in the 80s now damn it <laughs> um so tickler file is basically a way to follow up so like if you would normally like say i was calling you weekly i'd put you in this file and it's like week two i'd call you week uh, three it's like you go back and do a little okay. tickle again that's kind of creepy though now that I'm thinking <laughs> <about> it. <laughs> look it up man it's a real thing right. but it's basically so you want to have if you're out of sight you're out of mind. If you're talking to relocation specialists, insurance companies, um, construction companies, you're doing all these things to connect on a business level and you're not consistent with it, you're not going to be successful. I mean, mm. you can do one thing and be consistent with it and you'll it's like it's almost impossible to fail if you're consistent. I swear. Like if I went to the gym 4 days a week and I do that for freaking ever, I'm probably going to be in somewhat shape, you know what I mean? Like over the next X amount of time. Mm. If I'm consistent with one thing, it's hard to fail at it. I think that people sometimes not sometimes, a majority of the time are not consistent with literally most of the things they're doing. This in fact is something that you have to be consistent with. You have to be in front of people. Um, And I think that's how I landed some of my best contracts I've ever had or by literally just following up again. I think in this business, we don't make money on like the hello. We make money on the hello again. It's like that follow-up type thing.
2: The follow-up, the money is always in the follow-up. Anything you're in, man, that's the truth. Money is in the follow-up. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure.
1: What is up, Live, Let, Thrivers? How y'all doing? It's Stevie Stacks from the world famous Live, Let, Thrive podcast coming at you with a question. Who is your PMP, your property management platform? The thing that runs all your things? Well, I freaking use Hostfully. That's right, the digital guidebook, folks. They're badass at that, and they're badass at in as well. How do I know? Because I've been using them for a long time, even before they decided to start paying me for ads And I've been through a bunch of PMPs that suck, but hopefully, does it suck? They're actually the opposite of suck. They blow your mind with their awesomeness. They run all of your different listings across all of your different platforms seamlessly in one spot. Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, and more. Just a few clicks of a few buttons on your Hostfully PMP, and it makes all the changes and updates you need in every single listing. It's freaking cool, man. Anyways, you know the drill. Show LLT some love by clicking the link in our show notes for 100 bucks off their PMP, plus two months free of their badass digital guidebooks. Hostfully, baby. Trust me. They are legit. So, so you mentioned Cali, New York, Illinois, Texas, uh, North Carolina, and Florida. Where where are you investing heavily in?
0: Yep, I'm in uh, Central California, um, the Bay Area, and Houston, Texas. And I've actually started looking into a place called Toledo, Ohio. You guys might be familiar with that. There's some really good opportunities there. Oh, Toledo, wow. Toledo. I've heard Ohio. That's the
1: second time we've heard Ohio on this show, Micah.
0: Really, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who was that guest that talked about Ohio? Oh no, no, it was um, uh, Bigger Pockets girl. What's her name?
2: honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she said she's getting out, but she said it's a lot of money to be made. So like a whole uh, cluster of hospitals over there in Ohio.
0: Yeah, Toledo is is growing too. So like a lot of the U.S. right now is uh, declining when it comes to the housing market, and Toledo's like going up steadily. So really? they have tremendous job growth there. There's a lot of tech companies in there. It's kind of like Austin of 2018 you know what i mean Toledo, weird i know man tell me about it but it's those little kind of markets like that you'll find them and you can you can grow in those markets if you pick stuff up so toledo ohio i've heard a lot of stuff about augusta georgia recently um i've actually been looking in knoxville or maybe you know, even 30 minutes outside of knoxville mm-hmm. um so those kinds of areas is, are, are where i'm focusing at um and just so you guys know i've been buying a ton, a ton of single family homes my mindset is now like no more single families unless they're unique Airbnb properties. Now I want to have like, you know, 15, 20 unit apartment buildings that I can get contracts and literally house like, you know, 15 people that are traveling to, you know, Dallas or something like that. are these are medical professionals where I get a large scale contract and that's all they're going to do. Because before, the way I was doing things before was all single families or like a single family with a, uh, you know, ADU in the back or something like that. But now my brain is just like, I have this. Credibility. Now I've built this big business already, you know, with ten properties. You know, we're doing almost a million dollars a year with ten properties as midterm rental, as midterm rentals. So, like, dude, like, why can I not do this on a bigger scale? So for me now, it's that's where my mindset's at. The business uh, relationships are there, the opportunities are there. It's just for me now to go out and pick something up, um, and just double the NOI on these on these these buildings, and eventually probably even sell them. You know, if that's something I want to do.
2: So with your portfolio right now. How much, much of it do you own and how much do you arbitrage?
0: Yeah, I own, so I own 10 properties right now um, and I arbitrage about five. We just lost, we had six. Now I have five now. So we have uh, two of them in Oakland, two in Berkeley and one in San Francisco that I'm arbitraging.
2: Mm, your portfolio, I like how your portfolio set up. You don't really, it doesn't have to be big. You just have to have the right clientele. And so now right now you said you are picking up units to buy, correct?
0: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm. And this is the cool thing about this, you guys. I, I talk to people all the time and I'm like, they're like, I want to leave my job. I want to leave this W-2 and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, what's your, what's the number that you would feel comfortable leaving? And they're like, 10K. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what are you going to do to make 10K? Well, I need to get, uh, you know, 15 doors in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's how I'm going to get my 10K. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You're going to make $250 a door. You probably <laughs> need to turn that into like fucking 40, you know, 40 doors. But with two properties, you guys, I can cash flow 10K in okay. the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. literally 10k because my mortgage is two grand, right 1500 1600 i'm getting paid 8100 from these companies i'm all in for 2000 and some change dude that's five grand per door that i get to make and these are single family homes so as long as you do things intuitive and it took a while to get there it didn't happen overnight but you can definitely do that with two doors like you can um, it's possible and again it's just creating relationships taking the time and energy to do it And you know, putting your energy into building an actual business rather than buying doors for two hundred fifty dollars. You know what I mean? It's like you have to be very, very intentional, and and most savvy investors are intentional. And also, most savvy investors will think about their exit strategies ahead of time. And I think a lot of people don't do that either, which is something that people need to think about. Or else you're gonna be stuck in that "what I'm doing now" thing forever. You know what I mean? And you have to have a way out at some point.
2: Love
1: that. You know, you know what's really cool is like. Most of the people that come on here on this show that are from Cali, they don't invest in Cali. They invest outside of Cali, like you mentioned, Tennessee, um, uh, Texas, Florida. They're 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 not investing in Cali, but they're they're doing short term rentals, right? Mm-hmm. It just for them, it doesn't make sense to invest in Cali and, and uh, short term rentals because I mean the rents are high, you know, to do arbitrage or the houses are too expensive to expect a, a return. But you're you live in Cali and you're investing in Cali because there is money to be made in Cali.
0: Yeah, not only that, dude, but look at all these other Midwestern states that have no appreciation. Like, dude, there's None. nothing, like nothing, <laughs> like nothing. So like me, I'll just give you guys an example. Like I bought property in 2019 um, and I bought it for 280 and it's literally worth 500 now. Like that, that's what we get in California. And yeah, prices are probably gonna drop. They have dropped 10 to 15%, but dude, guess what? They're gonna go back up because there's nowhere else to build here. There's nowhere else to like, unless you build up and you're in a bigger city, And you can find pretty decent property up to Central Valley. Like, so for anybody listening right now, from Bakersfield all the way up to um, probably right around Lodi, you can find properties for 300K or less than that and be able to make a pretty decent amount of income. Plus, California does not have a huge nursing shortage. So, if you're in one of those areas, you have the option of going that route. You have the option of going the insurance route. You have the option of connecting with, um, with, uh, construction companies that are building brand new things. Like you guys heard in Dave Dave and Busters, right? Mm -hmm. Heard of that company, dude. So I got a contract with Dave and Busters. There was, they were starting to build it. They were breaking ground. They put the the sign up out front and I saw these work trucks and I I went over there and I took pictures of the work trucks. I got home. This was uh, about probably three years ago. And I called the company. I was like, Hey, um, there's a company called Glasgow. And they basically have engineers that come out, draft out all these plans for these Dave and Busters. And guess what, guess what I found out about this company? Mm. They had six dudes that were staying in Holiday Inn. They were paying $200 a night for each one of those six guys. Mm. And I'm just like, you guys are spending 20K a month for housing. Well, what about paying 10 and you guys can actually stay in my property where these guys have their own rooms. There's three bathrooms in there. Everybody can be together um, and they're going to be able to have their own place to cook. You know, you don't got to pay for per diem stuff for the meals. So I saved that company was here for six months. I literally saved them over a hundred thousand dollars. And a lot of times it's just people calling, actually connecting with people and actually having those conversations. And I think a lot of times it's just, you got to be intuitive. You got to think outside the box and you have to have that kind of mindset where how do I build business on what's around me? And a lot of of times people forget that. Um, There's tons of corporate contracts everywhere, like literally everywhere. Um, Have you guys have had a guy on here named Al,
2: the landlord? I knew you were going to Al. Are you talking about Al Williamson? Al Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard when you said you called somebody, I was like, man, that's a, I, I was, as soon as you said it, I was like, man, that's a playbook out of Al. He used to go sit at the uh, extended stays and write down the names of the trucks and he yep. called the corporate line. I was like, Damn. yeah. <laughs> go ahead.
0: So I, I knew a woman that worked for a company. Um, and you guys know Rafa, my buddy, we have podcasts. Oh, so yeah. His, his CPA um, works for a company uh, in air. So I'm going to, I'm going to shot you out right now. She she does this. She does housing for for these big giant companies. She's told us like, yeah, if we get somebody that calls us and says, Hey, we have a house and we can save X amount of money, they will use that company and work with that agency or that person to like literally fill their house because fill their properties. Cause they want to save money in the long run. These companies need to save money. So that's another like really huge play. Al has a, has a smart thing about driving by extended stays at nighttime at 7 PM at night when everybody's gets home from, you know, from, from work and they're in extended stays and just taking pictures of stuff um that was before i heard l but that's like some of the stuff that i thought about too like you guys there's a lot of opportunities literally in our backyards and it's just like we have to be very thoughtful and intuitive on where to find them and where to go after them because they're all around they're they're everywhere but just it's like it's almost like one of those things like have you ever thought about Micah when you're buying a new car and you're like so i'm just gonna give you an example like i want to get a tesla like a model three and all of a sudden now all you see is freaking model three teslas everywhere Mm
2: -hmm. manifestation Um,
0: man yeah it's the same thing with your mind like if you start thinking about one thing like you'll start seeing these opportunities and start seeing way more of what you thought you never saw before And it's literally in on on plain paper right in front of you you know what i mean and i think that's the same kind of thing our brains are very our brains are so complex right they think they they're they're simple but they're complex and i think that this is one of those things where once you start putting your energy in your thought process and you'll start seeing these opportunities but you have to be mindful of them
2: Gotta have the mindset, man. And by the way, shout out to Al Williamson. I'm gonna tell you how long this dude's been in the game. He was literally on the eighth episode of Bigger Pockets, the big podcast, and then he was probably <laughs> on the fourth episode of our podcast. So, dude knows this stuff. But, uh, shout out to yeah, in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Als yeah. back on. I just connected with Al for the first time, like probably I don't know, five months ago. Um, I don't know if you guys know Callie. She does a lot of midterm rental stuff. Uh, she's out of um, I think Philly. I was on her pod or on her YouTube channel, uh, Kelly, Michelle. And, um, I anyway, I met Bal on there and he was just telling me, you know, what he does. And I'm just like, Holy smokes. And he was, I was talking about what I do and he's like, Holy smokes. So we're just like these meeting of these minds. We're just like, man, there's so much stuff that can be done here. Um, but yeah, there's so much opportunity. Like you guys, it's, it's everywhere. There's so much money floating around everywhere too. It's insane. I think a lot of times we just, we just, we don't see it, you know?
1: I, I guess, you know, and this question might not even be, you know, a worthy question because we, we ask it to people that do um, midterm rentals on the show. They do, you know, probably 50, 50, not like as heavy as you do, but uh, how do you fill the gaps where you can't do uh, you can only do 30 day plus, you know, a certain places. How do you fill the gaps with, um, with these, with these
0: longer stays? Yeah. So you mean filling the gaps is in like, say, there's a 30 day minimum or what do you, I'm trying to, expect- well,
1: okay. Okay. I, I guess both way in both senses, because I mean, i I mean, if you're making $5,000 a month on a house, okay, no worries. Who cares. Right. Yeah. But some people just kind of utilize both. Right. And then they'll say, Oh, I'll fill in the gaps with Airbnb. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 um, or do you not even care about the gaps?
0: I honestly, and I'm not bullshitting you guys right now, we don't have gaps because these agencies will reach out to us and be like, Hey Jess, I have this coming up. What are you going to have available at this time? And this business is booked. We're, we're on, a we, our mindset is no vacancy. And this is why it's so big to have a community and why I really like with my masterclass, the community that I've built, we have we have people that will come into our class and everybody shares the recruiters they talk to. They share their relocation specialists. Like that was one thing that I really pressed is like, hey, you guys, you're going to be booked and you're not going to be able to help these agencies. If you're able to pass this, if Micah, you and I are in the same market and I'm booked right now, dude, I'm going to pass you my, my mm-hmm. client Because not only am I helping that that relocation specialist off, you're getting paid and hopefully you can throw me a referral fee and I'm solving your problem and my problem. And guess what? If you start doing what I'm doing and you're booked, guess what you're going to do when I'm not booked? You're going to send me the same freaking referral. It's this reciprocation. We don't have that with Airbnb. People are like super scarcity. My property, we want to be lifted up to the front. We want to be this. Dude, no, like this is a business of giving. It's a business of sharing. It's a business of I'm booked. I need to help you on this level. And I think that once you have that mindset, and you start thinking about things like that, it's gonna change the game, not only for you, but everybody that's around you, right? We just talk about network and your network is your net worth. Like literally in this midterm rental space, if you're intuitive and doing things the way that I'm mentioning here, we about we're about sharing with other people to, to get that business back at some point. And I think that's the mindset that you have to have in this space because you're gonna be booked your 90 days booked and somebody reaches out what are you going to do with that? You know what I mean?
2: I love hmm. I love it. I love how you're using it as a mastermind. Everyone comes to the table because now you're building a community. That's what, that's what has to happen yeah. in this business. I love that.
1: Yeah. The amount of money you'll make is equal to the size of problems you'll solve.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree to that. I think that's a, I think that's, that, that's a, that's good. Yeah. That's my quote. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably saw that a, on a slide online somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? In yeah. Inspire inspirational quotes man. So yeah, this has been a great podcast.
2: I have one more question for you. Cause you came from healthcare. Yeah. Have you thought about going into like the post op space with your rentals?
0: No, but I've had students that have, and they're kicking ass and these guys are in LA though, where there's a lot of uh, boob jobs and booties <laughs> and all other stuff coming on. One of these, let me tell you guys about this guy real quick. His name's name Dan. He was actually in my class probably about a year and a half ago. And he has, he had a bunch of property in uh, downtown LA. His family was like super wealthy. They gave him all the shit. He was like, whatever. I was like this freaking rich dude. But here's where his brain was like, I need to go. He went and built relationships with all of these like Beverly Hills companies. He started a healthcare company where it was basically CNAs and he married the real estate side, the business side and the healthcare side. So now these people that go and get surgeries where they're coming from Florida, they're coming from all these places. They'll come stay at his property for four or five days paying him a shit ton of money. Plus they have, he's got a nurse that can come in. They can do IVs there. They can mm-hmm. do like all these different things. So yeah, I think that's definitely a, a, this is what I mean, you guys, like this is thinking outside the box. Like these are people that are like, I'm going to be super intentional about my business. I love real estate. I love business here. I'm actually building a legitimate business by creating relationships and helping these individuals that are coming. And I think that again, going back to, what we talked about at the very beginning of this, this is where real estate's going it's just been what it's been for too long. It's been too easy for a lot of people to make a lot of money. You know, even the people that have like billions of dollars are just buying all this shit and making all kinds of money. And for people like you and us that are on the smaller side of the scale, we can make this kind of money. And if we do it in a smarter, better way, guess what these institutions are going to do at some point. They're going to leverage the same thought process. They're going to buy Micah's portfolio. They're going to buy your portfolio, especially if you're doing things in the right way. And you could probably even manage it, maybe have a management company with them, at some point i I truly feel that's like a real it's that's gonna have people are doing that now with airbnbs even buying portfolios of arbitrage stuff like i've I've, i know people that have done that sold them so it's a legit real thing again it's just just thinking intuitively
2: man i'm gonna be in touch with you man because uh yeah that post-op space and you know people because my neighbor's doing and she's doing like 40k on every two-bedroom door i was like what <laughs> I was like, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a, it's so many places to build a business with this. You know, we have to just start thinking outside that box, man. Yeah. Like, it, this has been a great episode.
1: So, so, yeah, so you're, not, I mean, you're doing the, of course, midterm rentals. You had mentioned tree houses and beach houses. You got stuff like that too?
0: Yeah. So, I bought a house in Aptos, um which is like five minutes from the beach. It's by Santa Cruz. Um, so, I have a place out there. I have a tree house in the Central Valley. Cool ass tree. You guys got to check it out. It's freaking amazing. Um, it's like a 1950, a 1964 tree house that was built, uh, from this architect, beautiful home. Um, still it's on stilts. It's like 15 feet off the ground. It's super cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Like If I can find a unique like dome house or something like that, that's what I'm going to buy the Airbnb. I'm not going to buy the cookie cutter three, two property anymore. I would use that for, you know, more of a midterm rental that I would dress up a little bit, but the Airbnb is like, I'm being super intentional about, you know, buying things that are very specific that are going to. This algorithm is. This is a new thing. Like Airbnbs are going to be an experience. They have been, and they're going to keep pushing that. I mean, they have a, a page directed to like UFO properties. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just <laughs> that's just what it's that's what it's becoming. You know, and it's gonna it's gonna to continue to be this. I I feel, and Airbnbs already worked. I mean, we talked about this with baseball terms, right? They're in the fifth, sixth inning already. Like, how much further can you go with property? Like, what more can you do? So I think that you know we're kind of in this life cycle of the short-term rental space there's not really much for it to evolve into um
2: it's so. funny you say that because i I felt the same way i felt like airbnb was going through a rebrand it's like let's cater to the higher end and then we can kind of create a new target avatar that comes onto the platforms so i 100 agree okay. they did
0: that and they lost it so they did they catered to the higher end you remember when they did the 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 little plus. the plus yeah plus is freaking gone dude Remember when they were doing plus for a while? Yeah. Wow. I didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they did plus. So that whole thing, like the nicer sheets, they they catered to that higher end for a while. And then that's gone, dude. Like, I don't see any pluses really anywhere anymore, to be honest with you. Now it's more.
2: (laughs) Oh, 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 go ahead. I was going to ask you on that. Yeah. Go go ahead. You go first. I got to go. (laughs) That plus thing was written Okay. So that was like
0: Airbnb 2.0, right? That was like 2016, 2017, 2018. They did that. And then it just kind of died off um i don't think that really that that really went the way they expected it to go you know what i mean i don't think it, it worked in the right way i think what they're doing now is way more intuitive in the sense that they're catering more to these people want to have experiences they're going to pay for an experience mm-hmm. even if that's staying in some little tiny you know tiny home that has like 100 square feet but it has a cool view like people are going to pay for that as opposed to you know having nice lens. you can get that shit in a hotel you know what i mean
2: right mm-hmm. okay because I was yeah. going to say, do you feel they lost plus because maybe, I don't know, like it seems like, okay, you're trying to go high end, but then, you know, do you feel like they, okay, do you feel like they lost plus because people are leaving the, leaving the platform, like the customer?
0: No, I feel like they lost plus because it just wasn't doing what they expected it to be. It was like, it was like a brand that they thought was going to be bigger than what it was. And mm-hmm. plus, by the way, was only in big metro markets. So like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, all these mm-hmm. bigger markets. It wasn't in like, I couldn't do plus in the Central Valley because they didn't have it. And plus they actually would send somebody out from Airbnb to like look and check at everything that you have and deem it a plus, a, a, you know, the plus type property. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just, that, that, that died, man. That's, I don't even know if they still have plus properties. They might. I haven't even seen it. That's a good point. I haven't even I saw, saw one it. the other day.
1: I saw one Did the you? other day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty nice.
0: It's probably the only one, Steve. There's not <laughs> any other one. About. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of minuses. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I've seen.
1: <laughs> so, so like, I know you don't just cater to, to travel nurses, right? But like, what properties do best? Okay, well, we'll just say it as a general question. Because um, you, you mentioned, well, you're, I'm just going to buy a, a whole apartment complex and do it all, you know, midterm yeah, rentals. Man. And that's great. But like, um, what, what was that? Oh, that, was what? Siri. <laughs> that was Google. That was, Siri. Them, was right? Google. Oh, oh now Siri's going off now. Dang it, we're being listened to right now. Steve, what are you doing to my stuff, I don't know. Man? Send in the feds. Um, so- <laughs> So the um, so you mentioned yeah, getting a, getting a whole apartment, com- a whole apartment complex, and and doing it in a short term rental. I mean, um, midterm rentals. So what does best is it does? Is there room for a one bedroom, a two bedroom, a three bedroom, and a house? I mean, is it all can it all coexist in this space?
0: Yeah, I think the best properties, and this is me going back to that word that I hate, niche. I niche things down and my success has always been based off of, there's a billion one bedrooms and there's a billion single uh, studios. Like everybody, that's the first thing they think about. If I want to go after mm-hmm. travel nurses, what I do, I niche things down. I'm like, I want the nurse that's coming with their friend. I want the nurses coming with their mom or their dad or their brother or their uncle, their husband, their wife. And over the last five years, I've watched millennials and you guys probably know this millennials travel in groups. It'll be four or five girls that come together. They're working together for three months at a time in San Francisco. They're going to work their asses off and they're going to head out to Ibiza for a month. They're going to come back and do the same grind again. This is like this culture that's been going on in the healthcare industry for quite some time now. I've watched it kind of evolve. So for me, I usually pick up properties that are two bedrooms and above. And in this business too, the the more that you're able to scale, the more doors you have, the better opportunities you're going to get. And it took me quite a bit of years up until last year. I'm just like, holy shit, I need to restructure how I'm doing things. Because once you have five or more properties in one market, you become that go-to person. So these agencies like AMN Healthcare, They'll ask you like, hey, do you have any properties you have? If you only have one or two, you might get, you know, they might send you a message after they reach out to me that I have five, six, seven, 10 properties. They want to connect more with people that are on the larger scale. So they can just always be sending those same people the same stuff. So I think anybody listening to right now, listening to this, go deep in your market, build some like legitimate um, properties in one specific area and really be that go-to person in your market and think big from the very beginning. Even if it's your first place, Think about the next five that you're going to get, because that's how you're going to build your business. Agencies want to work with people that have multiple properties. If I'm able to pick up a 20-unit building and 15 of those or 10 of those are midterm rentals, dude, there's my contract. There's my connection with the agency. There's my relocation specialist. There's the opportunity for that on a larger scale. Again, we're booked out a lot of the time in this space. Mm-hmm. We have 90-day bookings or six months. I have, I have a person that's been with me uh, a relocation claim for a year. And, you know, they're paying $7,500 for a three bedroom, two bath agency. Mm-hmm. Cool. Stay there as long as you want. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but you're just always going to be booked. And I think that it's really important to to think about that scaling. You have to scale in this business to really grow. Plus you can make a crap ton of money if you do it the right way.
1: Here, here's what, you know, when I was barely like, uh, um, tickle filing my way into this <laughs> i don't need to use that right uh when i was barely getting into this um this travel nurse thing i was like oh this is pretty cool and i started going on on youtube I was like, i'm gonna go find out where the you know anything about travel nurses it was like nothing on uh, at that time what i did find was travel nurses themselves saying oh this is where I'm staying. This is a hot bed. This is a cold bed. They started saying things like, I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Right. <laughs> I just started, you know, these, these girls were saying, this is where they're staying. This is where they're staying. And this one girl, she, she kind of like, um, she, she, you know, she started doing a blog about where she, okay. I'm now I'm in California this time. Now I'm in Texas. Now I'm in, and I started, I started following about where she's staying at mm-hmm. and a lot of, and back, this is a few years back. So she was staying mostly in hotels, right. Mm-hmm. And, and hotels that kind of, you know, catered to, Travel nurses a little bit, whatever. There was not, there wasn't a big, you know, thing like now. So one of the things that one of her um, blogs took her to like this place in New York City, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a, like a old brownstone, like upstairs, downstairs, you know, kind of thing, you know, there's, but I guess the guy owned the whole unit and he just made every you know every um a unit into or a bedroom into like you know put some bunks in there made it look all cool and stuff yeah. and then and then he made like a, a an area where you know their dining area and then like a chill out area he just made it real freaking cool right brown bricks everywhere inside it looks really cool and trendy and, and there's probably like 12 15 you know different nurses in that place all together living together coexisting mm-hmm. there's like a big chalkboard of inspirational stuff and then they got all this fruits and vegetables they lay- or fruits yeah. and stuff laid out for him. There's a, a whole cooking dining area. I mean, he just made this thing for them. And there was, and she said, this is, I was, it was, I was so lucky to find a spot in this place. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was, there's a waiting list forever to get into this place, but I was able to find a spot. And so whoever that made that place, I was like, I mean, he really thought of like, okay, I'm going to make something really cool for these young, most a lot of them are youngsters. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of these travel nurses are youngsters and there was girls and guys all living coexisting in this place. Like a, I would say like a frat house, but like a more controlled frat house. But I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this dude was way ahead of his time he's like instead of you know just running unit by or room by room or all together as one unit i'm yeah. going to separate it and they're all gonna they're, they're gonna like this place a lot
0: yeah i think there's such a a big thing with communal spaces and things like that And again that's the guy that's like you know being intentional about what he's doing he found his avatar he's all in on that he's catering specifically he's tractor beam right on that i think that's that's how you build a savvy business man that's how you build a legitimate business as you think about you know the communal aspect. they're probably saving money in one spot but for him his overhead was probably a lot lower than what he's making, right? He's probably making pretty decent cash doing that. But mm. again, like, dude, we re- I rent out cars. So I, we didn't even, I know we're probably getting to the top of the yeah. hour. Go, go, go. But, but check this out. So remember, we talked about solving problems. Mm. We talked about that a while ago. So a nurse can fly into Oakland, uh, get into an Uber, go over to my place. Once they check into the house, there's keys sitting on the, on the counter and in the garage is their vehicle. Like they're, they're actually getting my property and they're getting their vehicle. So when I talk to recruiters, that's what we do. We have, right now we have a fleet of Tesla Model 3s. We got a couple Honda Civics and we have a Nissan Highlander and a, uh, an older Lincoln. It's like a Lincoln SUV, but literally like somebody can book my property, get the car and like, they don't need to go to Expedia. They don't got to pay anything else. If you guys go on Expedia right now, you just look at like a geo prism. Do they still make those? The small (laughs) compact car, (laughs) the small compact cars. Um, dude, they're like 13, 13, to $1,900 a month. Like why not be able to rent a car for me for, let's just say a thousand dollars a month. It's a 2015 Honda civic. It's going to get you from point A to point B plus it looks kind of cool. And you're not paying the, you know, the extra fees, the taxes, all the other crap. And I'm giving you out of one flat rate. And we can all do that with Turo, like Turo's like the Airbnb for cars. So you can just marry your property, have these with the Airbnb or with the Turo. And then you have those conversations with the recruiters like, Hey, we're a one-stop shop. These nurses are literally having, getting their car. Um, We have grocery delivery service They can deliver groceries to you guys in the actual fridge while they're at work. Like, those are the things you got to think about. And you got to think about it like a business again. And I think that a lot of times people just don't have that mindset. You just correct
2: code, man. Midterm rules is the way to get the Turo thing to interact with Airbnb. Cause that's what everyone's like, well, my Turo is never available. You cracked the code. Now you said something else. What app are you using to have groceries delivered into people's refrigerator? <laughs> We're actually doing it myself, ourselves, dude. So we
0: started doing this in 2016. My, my uh, cleaning crew that I still have to this day, we had a, ch- we just talked about this a minute ago. We'd have a checklist dude where it was like, what kind of groceries do you like? What do you like? What's this? What's that? You guys have heard of Typeform, right? The company called Typeform? No? No, no okay. not really. On so Typeform, you could basically send a questionnaire to somebody and they would type in an answer. We would go get whatever they wanted. So like doctors were drinking oat milk before it was cool. So we had to go to like wholesale, whole, whole Foods to pick it up. We would charge a $50 <laughs> delivery fee. We're still doing that now, but we don't. it's not as busy as it was back in like 2015, 16, and 17, 18 even. But that's just an add-on service that we can charge more, but we're solving problems for these clinicians. And keep in mind, like a lot of the residents and doctors were literally working 24 hours a day and then they would sleep. So they, they don't want to go to the grocery store or pick anything up. Like we would go do that with whatever they wanted and they would just charge. We would just charge them for it. Um, so that's kind of what we were doing back in the day. We're still doing it now. It's just not as as progressive as it was then because, you know, shipped and all this other stuff is out there. People just can order their own stuff. But the cars are still being rented on a regular basis. Um, so, again, it goes back to. How can I make these jobs easier? How can I make a clinician's life easier? And how can I help them save money? And this is exactly what we did from, you know, back in 2015 to even now.
1: So, like, so how how successful are the Turo's, I'm wondering?
0: Yeah, so I don't actually, I don't use Turo. We ended up picking up an umbrella policy. Um, so this umbrella policy covers people that are in the home and the vehicles, everything they're driving. Um, so that ended up costing me thousands of dollars to put together. Because uh, the coverage we had to get attorneys that were in all these things, but Turo, Turo, um, I, I've never used it, so I can't really say that's the way to do it. But I know that they charge either from ten to thirty percent, depending on your coverage ratio. Like for me, I wouldn't want to be charged thirty percent for somebody to use my car. If I'm if I'm renting it for hundred dollars a day, Turo takes part of that. I'm only making fifty bucks, you know, at the end of the day. Mm. Like, do I really want that? And with us, we ended up having a, a policy written where it covers. The guests coming in, they got to get a secondary insurance to cover themselves in the car. I have my umbrella coverage, um, and then they have their own policy, like I mentioned a second ago. So we're getting covered on both ends. And luckily, to this day, I've only had like minor issues where somebody backed into a shopping cart. Somebody had a um, one lady. Uh, you know, when when you go put gas in, how there's those yellow things that keep you from from uh, hitting the gas tank or the gas the gas mm. pumps. She freaking turned too soon and got the car. You know, the yellow was all ah. over the, the car, but just small stuff like that. It's never been like an actual accident or anything like that. Just small little things, man. Um, but again, it goes back to solving problems and just being mm. things that you're going to be memorable. You know, you don't want to be cute, but forgotten. You want to be like memorable, right? <laughs> you want these companies to be like, Jesse's company is doing, AirVenture is doing these things. Like we want to, we want to use them. They're thinking outside the box. And when you start having that mindset, and you start thinking about things in abundance. You'll have those opportunities. And again, these companies aren't going to hear people talk about that that kind of stuff.
1: Mm, and it's all thanks to Barb.
0: Thanks, Barb. Don't you know?
1: Don't yeah. you know? Hey, you oh. know. you didn't know. Maybe she loved the uh, motel six lifestyle. You know, maybe she Barb got
0: down. She didn't, man. She, didn't <laughs> she told me. All right. Yeah. She's like, that's actually why I decided. She's like, I don't want to be there. Like, I can hear prostitutes next door. There's people coming in and out all the time. And I'm just like, there's no housing here. She's like, there's she told me there's no housing. There's not, there's not anywhere for me to stay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I'm excited about the midterm rental space. In fact, I'm actually holding the first ever in the world midterm rental summit with Furnish Finder, April 30th and May 1st in San Diego. So everybody now, uh, get out there. You guys should come out. Brian Payne's going to be speaking up there, the CEO of Furnish Finder, myself, Ziona McIntyre, Sarah Weaver, uh, Soli, the leases and lattes girl. My buddy, Rafa Loza is going to be there. So it's going to be all things midterm rentals summit in 2023
2: in san diego uh let me know when those tickets go up we will i'm, I'm definitely i got to go ahead and get to some conferences i'm gonna think i'm gonna go to the short-term rental wealth con and uh the midterm um are you gonna be at the wealth con i'm speaking there man yeah oh well, well, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we gotta connect i gotta go ahead and hop on these conferences man sorry yeah con-
0: <laughs> you gotta be there yeah the midterm rental so everybody right now listening to this or watching this can actually go to midtermrentalsummit.com and you can actually pick up your tickets right now and there's a uh, setup for Um, housing or not housing. (laughs) I'm thinking like my old job, like the job right now. There's accommodations there so you can get your ticket, you can get your hotel room, all that stuff. And you're going to be around the the industry experts. I mean, Brian Payne of of Furnish Finder, Price Labs is going to be up speaking. They're going to be talking about this new software they have for specifically for midterm. So people are going to be able to walk out of there with actual tangible information on like, here's what I can do with my business. Here's how I can change. Here's how I can raise private money. Here's how I style my place. Here's how I go after business to business. So it's just going to be really cool, man. I'm excited about it.
2: Okay. Were,
1: we, were we the first podcast that Brian Payne hopped on, Micah?
2: I'm not sure. Possibly.
1: Think, yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago, but it was like uh, highly rated podcast. We were like, oh, was wow, it? Furnish Finder. Yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think I think he was like, uh, what's this podcast thing?
0: Yeah. He's a good dude, man. I like that guy a lot. He, he actually, he's, he's a partner with us in this business. So he partnered with us. And, uh, I'm super excited to have them, um, both Keycheck and furnish finder are presenting speakers there and they own part of the business. So I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm happy to, to be a part of, I mean, furnish finder is freaking amazing and I'm glad to just be a part of it. You know what I mean? So you're bringing the pain, bringing the pain. Yeah, man. He's, he's a <laughs> dude. That guy is so smart, dude. super is. intelligent. Yeah. He's really, he's a good businessman too. He's very, very intellectual. He's a, he's a smart dude. So
2: I, I love listening to him because he knows exactly what a nurse wants and what they need, the pricing behind it. Like he made me think about it in a whole other mindset. Cause he's like, you have to realize they have a mortgage back home. So you have to provide them with the correct accommodation. So yeah, he, he's very smart. Very smart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, he's super intelligent, but yeah. I mean, you guys go to the summit get out there for sure. If you guys can, I think it's going to be, I'm, I know it's going to be a good summit. Um, so we're excited to, to be networking and connecting with all these people. And midterm like this, we're just getting started in this space, you guys, like it's going to evolve so much more. Actually, in fact, I think 23 and 24 are going to be like the years for midterm rental. Like this mm-hmm. is really going to be like the push.
1: Mid is the new short.
0: Mid is the new short. Yep. Or medium. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the medium term, but I like midterm.
1: Yeah, I don't like medium term. Eh, yeah. That's weird. It's too yeah.
0: many syllables. Because
1: who but, likes a medium pizza? You want a large or maybe a personal? You don't, I don't want yeah. medium pizza. Well, dude,
0: I got I got a 15-year-old. And you know what 15-year-olds call stuff that's like so-so? What? They call it mid. <laughs> like, I'll ask my son, like, hey, what would you think about those wings, man? He's like, yeah, they were mids. I'm like, dude, is that like a thing now? So I'm starting to say mid, like, just because it sounds cool. And uh, it, all the young, the young kids are saying it, so
1: fair to midland
0: yep there you go man
2: oh man yeah. the first time i heard mid it wasn't related to like short-term rental stuff but that's <laughs>
1: oh Gar-
2: no that's they like, call garbage marijuana you either got some reggie or some mid you know yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that too
2: <laughs> but yeah
0: <laughs> i'll take some of that mid man give me some of that mid some <laughs> only before derby. bed though you guys only before bed i can't do anything else
1: <laughs> you're in the right state sir oh yes um... <laughs> jesse vasquez where can people find you sir
0: yep you can find me at the real jesse vasquez on instagram um there's too many jesse vasquez out there it's like the most common hispanic name on the planet or so yeah yeah <laughs> you guys you're my find cousin
1: me. at first oh my cousin's coming on. oh cool yeah <laughs>
0: cool. exactly man so the real jesse vasquez on um, instagram i also have a youtube channel where i talk about literally what we just talked about today and you can find me there at jesse vasquez or you can go to my website com, or you can get tickets to the Midterm Rental Summit at MidtermRentalSummit.com San Diego, April 30th and the 1st. Hope to see you guys there.
2: I'm definitely getting my tickets. I'm going to be there. I'm right, Thank you for coming on, man.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Adios. All right, guys. Peace out.
2: Man, that was episode... What episode number was that? man. That was a lot of gems. I know next week I'm about to be picking up the phone and making some phone calls because it's time to get into that midterm rental B2B game. I love how he has Mm. business to business. I'm going to hop into that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you all how it goes, man, because I'm definitely, I'm sick of Airbnb, man. I I see what they're doing. And, and, you know, rightfully so. That's what they should be doing, you know, cater to a Mm. better clientele or whatever they want to do. But uh, yeah, man.
1: It's their business.
2: Yeah, man. For real,
1: <laughs> yeah, man, another great guest. Uh, I, I heard him on with Rafa on their podcast, and I was like, wow, this is insane. These guys, these guys know what's up. And so, um, I mean, it takes hustle, it takes takes legwork, takes actually talking to people. He's in the old school phone, you know, telephone, dialing them up. Um, can't automate everything, right? So um, you got to go out there and do it, make the connections. It's just, it's just, um, it's good business sense, right? Straight up, make connections, network send them donuts send them starbucks send them stuff like that and um and get your and get in there get in get in, in those uh with those um agencies that that are gonna send people your way
2: straight up i got some uh tiff treats i'm about to load up on the tiff treats next week and start sending them out to all these uh ner- agencies so yeah <laughs> I'm loving it. Man. it's a really good episode
1: and put some turos in your front yard too
2: for real that's that i love how he cracked that code remember every turo person we brought on they're like i can't ever mix it with my airbnb and got to go midterm.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's those turnovers, the turbo turnovers that suck for them, you know? Is it? Re- oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They got to go with the car. They got to deliver the car. They got to wash the car, all that crap, you know, but if it's just someone doing it for a month at a time, it's not, not that big of a deal. So thank you all for listening, continuing to listen to live, let thrive. And uh, you can find us at liveletthrive at gmail.com live, let, And you can find me at Argest rentals, A-R-G-E-S-T rentals dot com and micah where can they find you brother
2: hey you find me on instagram twitter all that good stuff but no uh instagram uh yeah just follow us send us an email and uh yeah man hit us up and thank y'all for continuing to listen and uh let's hop on this midterm rental play
1: <laughs> not admit about this show yo
2: <laughs> yeah we got peace that out. we got that loud all right <laughs> we are out later peace